0: To a new way of being, being well. Some of the topics are addiction, fear, faith, self compassion, relationships, codependency, emotional intelligence, and more. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations.
1: In our society, the overabundance of delicacies is hard to resist. At first, it seems fun to eat whatever we desire. However, that momentary pleasure is fleeting. It is unhealthy to overeat, and when that becomes a habit, eventually we become addicted to food and can't stop eating. Therefore, we binge you need to get to the root cause of dysfunctional food eating issues so you can heal. This episode will review the top five root causes of overeating and an inappropriate relationship with food. In this episode, Valeria Tellis interviews Susan Neal. Susan Neal is an author, speaker, and certified health and wellness coach. She lives her life with a passion for helping others improve their health. Susan's award-winning bestseller is Seven Steps to Get Off Sugar and Carbohydrates. The third book in her Healthy Living series, Healthy Living Journal, won the Golden Scrolls Award 2019 Best Inspirational Gift Book. Her newest release, Solving the Gluten Puzzle, helps many determine if they have a gluten-related disorder and how to treat it. She has been featured in many media outlets, including The Bridges TV Show, Christian Broadcasting Network, Charisma Magazine, and numerous podcasts and radio shows. Here is the interview with Susan Neal.
0: In your own words, who is Susan
2: Neal? Susan Neal is someone who wants to help others improve their health, including your own health, and to live a bountiful, fun-filled life. That sounds really good. Thank you. So before
0: I ask you questions on binge eating, the five reasons people binge eat, I will ask you some general warm-up questions. What is another word for life?
2: I'm not sure. Another word for life, vitality. It's like we have a vitality within us and it just keeps living even after we die. What inspires
0: you to be a good person and to do good in the world?
2: Because I want God to be proud of me, like a father. What is the world's greatest
0: need, in your opinion?
2: Love, love. To love each other as you would love yourself. What
0: is love to you?
2: Love is caring. It's being altruistic. It's putting the other person's needs and desires before your own.
0: Wow, that is incredible, isn't it? Do you connect love with this idea, this definition of love to God?
2: Yes, I think that to be able to love someone altruistically like that your love has to come from God, because I don't think we can do it as human beings. It's like we have to have that supernatural power within us to try and remember to put other people first before our own selves. Do you believe in self-love? Oh, you have to have self-love. If you don't have self-love and respect for yourself, then you're not going to be able to portray that to uh, you, you can't love others completely and fully. You can't portray that to your children. You, um, Yes, yeah, self-love is so very important. Yes, I agree. How do we
0: balance self-love and the love for others?
2: How would you balance that? During a meditate? I try to meditate every morning and just, you know, Connect to connect with God, and I feel as though He brings to mind things that I may need to do that would help other people, like sending a card to uh, to someone who just uh, lost someone, or a meal, or, uh, or sending an email to someone about something. So I feel as though when you meditate, you kind of end figuring out what is. More important in life instead of you're busy and moving from the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. You know you get stressed out and busy in our life. And so when we stop and we meditate, it helps us to understand how to balance the self-love, taking care of yourself, and loving others.
0: Oh wow. So in a way, you're saying that meditation will help us to become clear so we know what to do. In every situation we know what decision to make. If this is a decision that I need to love myself more and take care of myself, or be there for others and be more in the position of love
2: like God would. That's an interesting answer. Right. Or also when to say no. It's like no, I've stretched I've stretched myself enough. I, I can't I can't take on something else. So so go in and and connect with creator of the universe and figure out whether you should say no.
0: Right. It goes back to self-love. Yeah. What do you think is the purpose of your life, Susan?
2: Well, I am on a mission uh, to help others improve their health and their weight. So I lost my health nine years ago. I had 10 medical diagnoses, two surgeries. I had to fight to get my health back. And now I'm on a mission to help others improve their health.
0: That's wonderful.
2: So let's talk about that,
0: the five reasons people binge eating. What did you experience with binge eating?
2: Mine was from a candida infection, an overgrowth of yeast in my gut, And that's caused by when you take antibiotics and you do not replenish the microbiome, the flora uh, in your gut after you've had an antibiotic. So I had an overgrowth of yeast. And what the yeast really loved was alcohol. So, So yeast, that candida, likes alcohol, sugar, or carbs. And it's when you are craving these things that you, you know, really hadn't, craved before, and it's hard to control, and it's like a monster inside of you taking over your appetite, and you can't stop it and control it.
0: Wow. So that was how this idea of helping others on this topic started by...
2: Yes, Yes, it was, I, you know, because I had all these different things wrong with me. And then one of them was an overgrowth of candida. And, you know, I even went to a regular doctor and he's like, I don't know. I, I don't have anything specifically to give you for that. And. You see, our microbiome in our gut is like a, a whole city in there. It has all these different balances of good probiotics and bad probiotics. And when it gets imbalanced, it's called dysbiosis. And it ca- it can cause leaky gut. It can cause autoimmune diseases. So many autoimmune diseases are on the rise, And so we need to understand how to nourish and allow our good gut microbiome to flourish.
0: Well, yeah, I'll be asking you questions about that in a minute or two. (laughs) Um, What is binge eating and how do we know the difference between having fun with food, unhealthy, overeating and binge eating disorder?
2: So binge eating is when you sit down to eat some ice cream and then you end up eating the whole carton, okay? You make some cinnamon rolls and you eat the whole package. You just can't stop yourself. That's di- different from anorexia, which is going to be when you're starving yourself and you're you're limiting your amount of foods. Uh, and that usually has to deal with body image. And that's different from bulimia, which is when you would binge like that, but then you'd go and throw it all up.
0: How do we know when we are just um, we're having fun with food, kind of overeating because we're excited? Um, maybe in the party we have a lot of friends around us, we're super excited, and then we are just uh, distracted in a way and
2: eating too much. I think you know more that you did binge eat when you feel like bad about what you did kind of like oh gosh I never should have eaten half of that cheesecake that was ridiculous you know you're just like you feel bad afterwards almost like shameful like gosh I did it again and so um or you drink you know too much alcoholic beverage you know what whatever it may be it was to an excess
0: Uh, so has the uh, psychological emotional components to
2: it yes I believe so
0: Interesting. Um, You wrote about the five root causes of overeating and unhealthy relationship with food. And they are lack of knowledge, food addiction, candida, uh, emotional connection, and stress. So let's talk about lack of knowledge. What are some harmful products that we should be aware of and avoid?
2: Basically, Anything, all processed foods, anything in a box or bag that can sit on the shelf and not go bad for months because all of the nutrients have been stripped from it. White flour, white rice has all the nutrients stripped and it provides no vitamins and minerals unless they put the man-made ones back in it that to enrich it does it make sense to strip it of all of its vitamins and then add some man-made vitamins no so we want to avoid
0: all processed foods why has gluten sensitivity
2: become an epidemic yes celiac disease which is one of the four gluten related disorders it has increased by 200% in the past 60 years So it has really skyrocketed. And I believe the reason why is because the wheat is hybridized. Back in the 1950s, Norman Borlaug, uh, he hybridized the wheat. It uh, became, instead of four feet tall, it's a foot and a half to two feet tall. It's drought resistant. And unfortunately, the gluten no longer can be digested by most human beings. And that person, he won a Nobel Peace Prize for basically feeding the world with this wheat. Unfortunately, we can't digest the gluten. And now gluten-related disorders are skyrocketing. And that's why I wrote my book, Solving the Gluten Puzzle. Right. That's incredible.
0: Um, My other question is about the source of knowledge. How do we know or what is the best way to gain knowledge regarding unhealthy foods versus healthy foods?
2: So you want to go to a reputable source. Is it from a doctor? Is it from a nurse? Is it from a functional medicine practitioner? Is it from a registered dietitian? So you want to go to a reputable source and ensure, you know, read read that information. So not Google. Most people go to
0: Google, including myself.
2: <laughs> and I mean, but things can be written by doctors and nurses that are informative. So so look at their, um, you know, designation. Okay. So it's really doing
0: some research, spending some time. Yes. Great. Um, let's talk about food addiction. How does food addiction develop and work?
2: Well, it, it's it's something that's really gradual, and what happens is when we eat foods that contain wheat or sugar, dopamine releases in the brain. It is from the same brain receptors that uh, opiate drugs that dopamine releases with opiate drugs. So it it can end up being that there's so many different foods that are tantalizing and wonderful, and we keep eating more sugar and keep eating more wheat until that's what we desire, until we get a food addiction. And what occurs is that you're just looking at that you know, piece of cake and dopamine begins to release in the brain, your focus narrows and all you can think about is consuming that item. It just ends up, you know, overwhelming you. And so what you need to realize is that the dopamine can be released if you pet your dog, if you hug your partner or your child, if you go for a walk, if you go to the gym and exercise, if you do yoga, I mean, all those things, even meditation, dopamine releases. You need to use tactics Like after you understand what your root cause is for your overeating, then you can, okay, if it's food addiction, I know this, I'm going to keep that out of sight. I'm not going to have that in the house. I'm not going to go around those places that have things that trigger me. And if it does, you go out for a walk or you pet your dog or you do a yoga class. Yeah, Those are great, great tools though. Besides
0: sugar and wheat, what are some other examples of addictive foods?
2: Alcohol. Alcohol is a very addictive one. Uh, Probably rice flour, because again, white rice is stripped of its nutrients. And a lot of gluten-free processed foods are full of that white flour. I mean, white rice. You don't want, you know, to trade, you know, crackers with, the, with the, the gluten and the wheat to crackers with white rice that has no nutritional value. Right. Okay.
0: Alcohol is one of
2: them. So talk to me about entitlement. We live in a society that, you know, everything is at our fingertips. You know, especially all these different drive-throughs. Oh, I just used to to love at Christmas time where you get it. At uh, Chick Fil A is the milkshake with the peppermint and the chocolate. Oh man, that's so good! You know, <laughs> so it's kind of like, well, I'm out. I might as well drive by and get that milkshake. That's my favorite, right? I'm, you know, I deserve a break today, right? <laughs>
0: that exact self love, right, Susan?
2: <laughs> yes, uh, we think we're doing self love, but we're doing self harm,
0: right? Right, interesting. So we just have everything available and easy access. It's
2: easy access. And we have slogans like, you know, I think it was McDonald's, like, you deserve a break today. Or all the commercials, you know, with all that fabulous food. So it's right in front of us, propaganda.
0: They make it so attractive, right? What are the main signs of food addiction?
2: When you can't stop. So you, you can't stop yourself from eating it. You can't stop yourself before you begin. You can't, you know, you know, and so and it's repeated attempts over and over again.
0: How do we know the difference between being addicted to something and being caught up in the habit?
2: It's when you, you desire, you want to stop. So you want to stop, but you can't.
0: Mm. Oh, addiction. You want to stop, but you're not able to. Mm -hmm. And a habit, you could stop. Or maybe you don't want to stop. It's not emotionally or psychologically affecting us. Is that um, one way of knowing? Mm -hmm. And my last question on food addiction is about the harmful consequences of being addicted to food. What are some of them?
2: Diabetes. I mean, it's rampant in our society. In fact, um, 50% of Americans have a chronic illness and 40% are obese. Those are staggering statistics. And so much of it has to do with the type of food that we eat. So there's diabetes, there's high blood pressure, and many other chronic diseases. It's very sad. And so Those are the individuals that I want to help reclaim their health and weight.
0: Right, right.
2: And the next cause
0: for people to binge eat is candida. You mentioned before that you had this problem, and I would like to know more about the causes. What causes us to develop candida?
2: Uh, Primarily a taking of antibiotics, So if you've never taken antibiotics in your life, then your microbiome is probably fine. But if you've taken antibiotics um, and did not replenish the probiotic, you see, we were never taught growing up that after you finish your round of antibiotics, here, take a bottle of probiotics with 10 different strains of beneficial microorganisms to re-inoculate the good guys in your gut. So what happened is, is the bad guys started to grow. And this is, most of us have been on antibiotics here and there since we were kids. And then the other thing is, think of all the processed food that is in boxes and bags, and they have preservatives in them to kill bacteria so that it can sit on the shelf for months. Well, if those preservatives are going to kill the bacteria, what do you think they're going to kill? inside your gastrointestinal tract. They could kill the beneficial microorganisms. Then a third way is through pesticides, especially the Roundup-ready crops. Those are the crops that have been genetically modified so that Roundup or the carcinogen, the active ingredient glyphosate, is, is the crop can tolerate the glyphosate, the weed killer that is sprayed on it, and it won't harm the crop. And we have several of those crops in the U.S., and that is wheat, corn, soy, and beets. Oh, beets too. I didn't know that. And oats. So five different ones. So we want to stay away from, we want to buy organic. If we're going to buy corn, soy, wheat, uh, oats, or beets, we want to buy organic to make sure that it doesn't have the residue of the glyphosate, which is a um, carcinogen on the food that we're eating. Because if that is going to be killing the weeds, what do you think it's going to be doing to your gut microbiome? Common sense, right? Yes, it makes so much
0: sense. So, do you recommend that we take probiotic every day? I
2: feel as though I do need a probiotic, and I take—I probably take it five days a week. But I was very sick nine years ago, and I had dysbiosis bad and a candida and and um, overgrowth in my gut. So, I feel as though I need it. I had a um, stool test done. Uh, about four or five months ago, and my probiotics were that I get from a, a pill were at a good level, but the probiotics that I get from food was low. So I started eating sauerkraut and kimchi. Oh yeah, they're great. Previously, I was eating non-dairy Greek yogurt that had probiotics but that was not enough. I needed additional sources such as sauerkraut and kimchi. Oh wow. You don't take caps, probiotic the Yes, I do. About five days a week. And but we have probiotics in our gut that are, like I said, I had a stool test and it tested the probiotics that I could get from a supplement. And those were all normal levels. But there was one probiotic that you can only get from food. And that was lower than, that was below normal limits. So I needed to increase my probiotic intake through sauerkraut or kimchi. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That uh I mean, there are
0: different kinds of strains, right? There are different kinds of bacteria, but good ones. But I did know that some of them we cannot get from supplementation. It's only from food. Wow, good to know. What is the non-Candida diet and the anti-Candida cleanse? Okay, so
2: the diet is you want to do no sugar, no wheat, no white rice, And no high sugar fruits. So you could eat low sugar fruits. Uh, Low sugar fruits are berries, green apples, pears. You be on this diet, it took me eight months. Took me eight months to kill the candida on that strict diet. No sugar, no wheat. And so I did that. And eight months later, I I felt like I finally was uh, healed. Yeah, that took a long time. It did. It take, took a long time. And then the other thing I took was the Candida cleanse. So uh, in my book, Seven Steps to Get Off Sugar and Carbohydrates, it, it has how you how you check to see if you um, have uh, Candida. In fact, I just uh, recently created a quiz for everybody. And it's called candyquiz.com. It's C-A-N-D-I, quiz. Dot com. And you can go in there and it describes how to test yourself at home to see if you might have uh, a candida overgrowth in your gut. And if you do, then... You go to the health food store and say, I believe I have a candida overgrowth. I'd like to take an anti candida cleanse. And the health food store attendant will show you the different cleanses and go through them with you. And mine was so severe, I had to have two months of the cleanse. But usually, one bottle, one month, taking it as prescribed uh, might be enough. I like that. That's a
0: great, great idea. Moving to the fourth cause of overeating, which is emotional connection. How
2: are emotions connected to unhealthy eating? Someone might be really angry and they just feel like they can't do anything about it, so they're just going to stuff their emotions with food. Uh, They need comfort and they just go to that wonderful comfort food. And they just have a hole in their heart or unforgiveness or some kind of trauma from their past. And how they have dealt with it is through going to food to appease their emotion that they don't want to deal with. Wow,
0: this is a subject of great interest for my podcast, my audience. How do we learn to address our feelings um, instead of pushing them away?
2: You know, what's really uh, good is to journal. It's so wonderful to journal your feelings, like uh, in doing meditation in the morning and then journaling afterwards. If you have time for that, or to wake up early to do that, or even at the end of the day, that is so helpful. You get clarity of mind with the meditation and then with that clarity you get to just write and write and if you're interested in doing this from a healthy living point of view i wrote the book called healthy living journal it's track your healthy eating and living habits for improved health and well-being so when it has space for journaling as well yeah,
0: no, that makes a lot of sense to me.
2: Writing, yeah, that's such a a
0: healing tool.
2: Mm-hmm. And also, also crying, allowing yourself to feel those emotions, feel them. You know, you might want to um, work with a therapist, and in going back to to traumatic situations and understand, okay. This triggered me was something that happened in the past, but it was a trigger is not happening now. And learn different um, stress techniques like yoga or meditation for dealing with the emotion when you get triggered instead of turning to food.
0: And that's one way of knowing as well. When we are eating too much, it's kind of a sign, like you mentioned before, that something's not right and could be emotional. Right. You mentioned doing an emotional
2: check. What would that be like? That would be like the meditation session where you're just going to sit down or let's say you're just like really upset. Okay. You're just going to sit down and you're just going to cool off and meditate and be quiet. And just breathe. So when you meditate, what you want to do is you just want to sit there. You want to focus on your breath and just let your mind empty. If thoughts come in, that's fine. Let it drift away. Go to the next thought. Focus back on that breath. And then what's going to percolate up is your true, valid emotions. And understand what those emotions are. Try and understand where they came from. And whether they're valid or not, because you know what? Emotions sometimes are not reality. Yes, you feel that emotion and that is, there's no good or bad to emotion there. You feel that, true. But look at reality. Look at truth. Don't base your life on how you feel and your emotion.
0: Right, wow love the way you say understanding your emotions, which I connected to uh, being kind to ourselves in every way. Just understanding implies to me kindness. That is great. Uh, my last question related to emotional connection. I'm wondering here if there are some emotions in particular that are associated to eating unhealthy.
2: Um, I don't know specifically. What would you think? Yeah, you mentioned anger, resentment. hmm and unforgiveness. Right, right, right.
0: Stress is the next cause. Why and how can stress cause eating problems, eating issues?
2: Well, one is we have a super-duper busy lifestyle these days. So we're no longer cooking our own foods. The food manufacturers are for our already prepared foods or the fast foods that we go through and get through the drive-throughs. So so that's that's, you know, one thing. And then when we're just so stressed out, we may also turn to food, like you were talking about with those emotions of unforgiveness or resentment or hatred or abandonment, you know, whatever we're feeling. Well, stress is the same way. And it's like, oh, let me just turn to that bag of chips. And you know, before you know, you've eaten the whole thing. (laughs) So true. Wow. Uh, How about um, food
0: allergies? Would that be another cause for unhealthy eating? Food allergies? Yeah. Because we tend to crave what we're allergic to.
2: Oh, yes, yes. Or sensitivities. That's more with sensitivities. So I um, have a daughter who was diagnosed with gluten sensitivity last year. And I'll tell you what, that's all the girl ate. I mean, it was her pasta. It was her bread. I mean, you know, pancakes, waffles, whatever it was. That's all the girl ate. Well, she was sensitive to the food. Isn't that crazy? Like you just said, yes, well that we crave the foods that are harming us. Yeah, but that makes sense
0: in a way from what I read because the bacteria, fungus, whatever it is in our stomach, they want
2: it to be alive. They want it to live on. And and that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's the candida. It's the yeast. She also had a candida overgrowth. She had to do three months of the candida cleanse. Okay. That was better than eight. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, last
0: time. So talk to me about yoga and meditation, again, as um, relaxation tools. I know you mentioned earlier, more specifically, do you have yoga exercise on your website that people can um, follow?
2: Uh, Yes, I sure do. I've written the book, uh, Yoga for Beginners. 60 basic yoga poses for flexibility, stress relief, and inner peace. And the benefits of yoga are just so many. I mean, they uh, enhance the muscle tone and definition. It increases range of motion. It prevents like the breakdown of our joint and it relieves pain and muscle tension. Even studies have shown how yoga reduces back pain, arthritis, and pain with other chronic conditions. Other studies have shown that it uh, improves depression. So if you feel as though you're becoming depressed, try some yoga classes or yoga videos. I have written books, DVDs, and card decks. And you can find them on my website, Susan SusanUNeal.com. Yoga also improves your memory. It deepens sleep. It eases migraines. And would you believe this, that studies have shown that it reduces bad cholesterol and it boosts good cholesterol?
0: Wow, it's so beneficial, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I can just go on and on. It boosts immunity and your metabolism and your circulation. And yeah, it's just a wonderful form of exercise. And what it does is it puts you into the frame of mind to go into meditation. So it just sets you up where you have clarity of mind. You are in the present moment. There's not a past. There's not a future. You are living in the moment of, pr- of right now. So that's why yoga and then meditation is very beneficial.
0: Yeah, those two, the combination is even better, huh? Speaking of meditation, how long do you recommend that we meditate every day?
2: I usually do about 10 minutes. If you have... a really no, it's more 15 what I do is I just shut my eyes and then when they open I look at the clock and it's almost always 15 minutes but if you have only 10 do 10 if you have only 5 do 5 if you have 20 try and you know you can do it by increments like I started with 5 and then I went up to 7 and then it was 10 and I always end my yoga classes with 10 minutes of meditation and uh Then now I'm just doing 15. Oh, wow. Yeah, that
0: sounds good. It's a great number, (laughs) 15. What is the difference between
2: meditation and mindfulness? Okay, mindfulness is like when you know you have a food addiction. OK, and so you know that the dopamine is going to be released and you're mindful of it. And yoga helps you to be mindful of what, because yoga puts you in tuned with your body and how you are feeling. And so you with mindfulness, you can say, OK, I understand that I am desiring that because dopamine is releasing in my brain right now. I'm going to go outside for a walk and remove myself from the situation, and I'm going to release dopamine in a beneficial way instead. I love that advice. Yeah,
0: that's really great. Would you like to add something else, anything else, Susan,
2: on stress? Well, we all have it. You know, we all have stress. So we have to figure out how to release it. And then also you can like um, do an assessment and just write down what are the areas of my life that are causing me so much stress? Is it a relationship? Okay. Can I back off on that relationship or is it a family member? If it's a family member, how can I avoid less maybe interactive time or any time of conflict with that person? You know, Figure out how you can reduce the stress in your life, and that will help. Yeah,
0: right. Always going like this is what your work is about, addressing the root of the problem, the cause, uh, not just the symptoms. And that leads to my next question. How are doctors not effectively helping those with binge eating issues?
2: Well, I think it has to deal with the microbiome. It's like we... As a nurse, I wasn't trained about the gas, well, I was trained about the functionality of the gastrointestinal tract, but I wasn't trained about the microbiome, how there's all these diverse, different, beneficial, and harmful bacteria in your gut. In fact, some of the harmful bacteria that grows in your guts are triggers for autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis. So if you are have like a stool test done and you find out that that bad bacteria is high and it's a trigger for rheumatoid arthritis, well, then you can be taught how to take steps to reduce that bacteria, get your microbiome back in balance, and that gets to the root cause of the issue versus treating the symptom. Right.
0: We won't go too far, right? Just treating the symptoms. Do you think that self-knowledge, self-understanding, self-love, they can become antidotes to unhealthy habits?
2: Yes, I do. I do. Yes, when you care about and respect yourself so much in your body so much that you want to take the steps to take good care of it. And we want to do that because we only have one body and it needs to last us through this lifetime gracefully. And we want to be on this earth here for our, you know, our children's children. So we need to take care of ourselves. Absolutely and if you're and if you're a mama, when you take care of yourself, you're a better parent, better wife. So true.
0: My final questions to you, unrelated to the subject, how do you define success?
2: Success. You know, I think that would be when God is proud of me. So, with what I've done in my life, he can look down and say, "Yes, you have helped others. That's great. What is to be a
0: strong person?
2: To be a strong person, I think that we need to not let our feelings get hurt so badly. You know? And give people a um, benefit of a doubt. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know how hard of a time they had before they left the house this morning. You know, we don't know their situation. So, you know, let it slide. Give them the benefit of the doubt, pray for them and don't get so upset. Have your reaction be less negative.
0: Mm, I love that not taking everything so personally. Yes. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself?
2: The hardest lesson to learn about myself was that I can't keep going. I can't go, 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 and work, 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 because I'm a bit of a workaholic. I've published seven books in the past like three years, and I, maybe four years, and i I just need to, I need to slow down. I need to meditate in the morning. I need to do some yoga or a chi workout in the morning. I need to take breaks. I need to go for a walk every afternoon. I need to do my self-care for myself and not be such a workaholic. Mm.
0: Wow. That's a lesson for all of us. Most of us. <laughs> Women. Yeah. What is another word for healing?
2: Reclaiming your
0: health. That is wonderful. What are three things about life you know for sure as of today?
2: We are all born and we all die and we all have choices. Being born, die, and making choices. You have some hard
0: questions. (laughs) (laughs) That is so cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know what you mean. You're being very practical (laughs) with your answer. Yes, right. Where can we find more information about you, your work, your books, services, and future projects, Susan?
2: Well, you can go to my website, SusanUNeal.com. In addition, I have a closed Facebook group called Seven Steps to Get Off Sugar, Carbs, and Gluten. And I am there to answer all of your questions, provide you with support, and we have just a a wonderful supportive group there. So I would love to have you join us. And also remember the quiz, candy, C-A-N-D-I, quiz. And remember my book. I have this great book. It's sold 8,000 copies the past two years. It's called Seven Steps to Get Off Sugar and Carbohydrates. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your presence.
0: And we'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye for now, Susan. Bye-bye.
1: for listening. To learn more about Susan Neal, please visit her website, SusanUNeal.com
0: To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, harry clayton and aiden vickrock thank you again for listening and bye for now